So let's pray and we'll jump in. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for fathers. Pray your blessing over their lives. Father, pray that they would uh, just recognize they can have a great relationship with you and lead uh, their families. And so we ask your blessing over their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And so uh, what I wanted to do this morning is I want to talk about, I'm, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something on Father's Day that I've never done before. And uh, one of the things that is, uh, is a difficult when you speak like every year on Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, Easter, is coming up with things that are original. And so sometimes as a speaker, you feel a little pressure that way. So I'm kind of thinking all through Father's Day and, you know, I, I, should I do the message on five ways to be a great dad or whatever? And I thought, no, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to do something that I've never done. And I'm going to talk about, this applies to all of us here. And that is a father's blessing and the impact of a father's blessing on your life and how the heavenly father wants to bless us. So you have in your notes, there are some takeaways. There's no fill in the blanks or anything like that. I've got a bunch of scriptures we're going to go through in a little bit here. But I want to talk about a father's blessing and begin this way. I'm sure it's not a surprise to any of you that the primary image of God in the Bible is as a loving heavenly father there. And on Father's Day, many of us struggle with that because perhaps our earthly fathers were not loving and kind and available and there for us. And so when Jesus was explaining God the Father and Jesus came to to reveal who God was, one time he was talking and he spoke to some people and he said, I wish you understood what my heavenly Father, the Father, is like here. Because he's not like what you think. He's approachable and he's available there. You don't have to get, get in a line to talk to him. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to talk to him. You don't have to have your life together to talk to him. God's not like what a lot of people think here. And Jesus said, my heavenly father, he's available to anyone, anywhere, anytime. That's what God is like. And so I want to talk about fathers today and the father's blessing and tell a little bit about my story. It was four years ago that my dad died of brain cancer, metastasized to his brain. So four years ago, I joined the fraternity of the fatherless. Some of you have joined that fraternity there where you feel fatherless there. My dad was gone, never to come back. And so I entered into that zone, that space there. I'm an orphan now. The space, the zone, the fraternity of the fatherless. Some of you have lost your dad to death like I did. But others of us, we've lost our dads even though he was still living. By that I mean sometimes you lose your dad to disease. And your dad is no longer what your dad used to be. So six months before my dad died, he went blind. And so my relationship now is with the blind man, my father. It was just just different, you know, feeding him and all. It It was just a different experience. But my dad was gone for all practical purposes. So you may be here and your dad is physically gone, dead, or your dad may be, by disease, may be gone. And he's no longer available to you. And that can take him out of the picture. I think for others of us, though, there is dysfunction. And dysfunction can take your dad out of the picture. Addiction could take your dad out of the picture there. For some, it's divorce because usually it's the, the dad that leaves and leaves with the father's blessing. And so for others, it's maybe, and this is, I think, one of the most painful ones of all. But for some people, dad is no longer there because of disinterest. That you just come to the 
grips with the fact that my dad just really is not that interested. So your dad is out of the picture for many different reasons there. On the other hand, there are some of us, you have, you, your dad experience was, was wonderful. Your dad was great. Your dad was awesome there. And, but all of that to say this, all of us are, are bound together by a common denominator. And the common denominator, the one thing we have is, is this, is that all of us, without exception, there are no exceptions to this, all of us are, are wired up by God from the beginning that we want to have a Father's blessing. And I'm going to spend some time talking about that, that there is an innate desire that you are born with, that, that you long for a father's blessing. And so regardless of our history, whatever your unique father history is, whatever your journey is, whatever your story is there, it is woven into your soul. It is woven into your soul to, to want to be loved, to want to be treasured, to want to be desired by and noticed and accepted by our father. And so each of us grows up with this deep-seated longing for the Father's blessing here. And by that I mean the love, the support, the acceptance, the security, feeling treasured, uh, feeling God's presence in your life. Now, how do you know that that's true? Here's how you know that's true. Think about when you were a little kid. I'll tell a little bit of my story there. Think about when you were a little kid here. And I don't know what your story looked like. But part of my story was when... uh, uh, when I, I played sports, when I had games, man, I love. I saw my dad there, and it was like, "Dad is here," and that fired up feeling there carried on into my till I was a teenager there. And I could remember I have vivid memories as I'm speaking to you, vivid memories of warming up, you know, doing my thing, and looking at stands, you know, thousand people. I'm looking for my dad to see is my dad, and there's my dad. Yes. And, uh, and so there was that feeling that, yes, dad is here. I remember uh, as a little kid, dad, you know, either flying in or driving into my games. And, and I would be warming up and doing my thing. And all, but I'd always be looking like, where's my dad? And when I saw my dad, I was like, yeah, my dad is here. And so there's just something about you know, daddy's home there. And so whether it's a piano recital or a soccer game or a speech debate, whatever it is, perhaps you remember what I'm talking about there, that when your dad is there, it's like there's this feeling of like, yes. And this is in no way whatsoever to minimize the incredible and awesome influence of a mother. Moms, we owe our very existence to you. We owe everything to you. You nurtured us. You cared for us. You brought us into the world. You clothed us. You are a hero. Uh, You have an overwhelming uh, job there. But it's just to say this, to say that, hey, uh, when dad is home, when dad noticed there's something about dad's blessing there. I remember swimming as a kid, and we had Bainbridge uh, Swimming Club I would go to, and uh, the whole thing was his dad watching. Remember that? Dad, are you watching? Like, I'm going to do a, like a flip or a cannonball, and you get, you know, there's the edge of the pool. You're like, dad, dad, are you watching? Dad, dad you're watching. Okay, you got your, and your dad finally is watching you, and you get back about so many steps here, and then, you know, you run, and you jump, you know, and you do the cannonball, and when you come out of the water, what is the one thing that mattered? What's the one thing that mattered? What's dad? Why did you come? Dad, did you see the cannonball? And that, that's how we're wired up. I just want you to see that you are hardwired. It's an innate desire that you have within you, a father's blessing. And so, uh, and that's what, it, that's what the dad does is he blesses in. Hey, baby girl, I saw what you did. I saw that, sweetheart. There's a, you know, you played great. My dad used to call me Rado. Rado, Rado, that was great. You did great, Rado. And so uh, don't start calling me Rado. Just call me Rod. 
Don't want to hear Rado. So, but it's innate and it's woven within us. They're hardwired, stamped within us. And we come out of the water. Dad, did you see it there? Dad, did you love it? Dad, were you pleased with the cannonball that I just did there? And so every single one of us, we want the approval and the affection. We want our father's participation in our lives here. That sense that we live under the shadow of. My dad believes in me. And when you have that, that is like a foundational stone. When you live in the shadow of the reality that my dad believes in me, even though he's gone, still his voice speaks from the grave that I believe in you. And that there, whether it's a child, a young man, or a young woman, is an essential part, an essential component of moving forward in life. People that don't have it, they suffer. People that do have it, they can excel. You see, because when you have your Father's blessing, it changes everything. And you may be here this morning and be thinking, oh, you know what, maybe for my friend or my coworker. No, this is for all of us here. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. You cannot shake what is woven into the fabric of your being at birth. You can never shake that. You can try to fake it, but you can never shake it. And so there's people outside the church, they recognize this very thing. The secular research, the people, smart people uh, walking in hospitals and all that are doing the research, they're affirming this. They're affirming, and there's a woman by the name of Dr. Peggy Drexler there. She writes books on the subject here. She's a professor of psychology at Cornell University and at the medical school, Cornell Medical School there. What she did is she studied 75 women, not just any women. She studied 75 women that were at the peak of their careers, the peak of success. The one thing, they, they couldn't be in the study unless they were highly successful. And so she studied them. They had great families, great jobs, great careers, great lives. And this is what she said. She said, I was surprised to find out that no matter, I was surprised to find out how strong the connection was for all of them. No matter how successful they were, watch this. They were evaluating their success through the lens of their father's approval. 75 women there. And uh, so and she was surprised by the high place, the high esteem, that regardless of how even bumpy the relationship may have been, that that was given. And the same can be said of men, whether they're CEOs or Wall Street guys or killing it out in the world. Dr. Gressler said this, and I quote, no matter how successful their careers, 75 women, no matter how happy their marriage is or how fulfilling their lives, women told me that their happiness passed through the filter of their father's approval. Many told me that they tried to remove the filter and with much surprise failed. She continues, even for women whose fathers had been neglectful or abusive, I found a hunger for approval. Didn't matter, good father, bad father, indifferent father, absent father, there was a hunger for approval. And she concludes with this. The stories are as different as the women themselves. But I found one thing time and time again. Our fathers are a potent and enduring part of ourselves. That is the secular research right there. Speaking of the father's blessing. So 
as I process this, I, I just want to take a moment. I want to do something we've never done before. And that is I want to interrupt the message, even though I'm giving the message. I want to interrupt the message. And I want to give you freedom and permission right now, if you want to do so, you can text your dad. Dad, the tie is coming, but I just want to tell you, you are a stud. You are a hero. Man, I could never have done it. With it. I'm serious. Right there, you can pull out your phone, and nobody's going to give you the stink eye there because we know you're, you're uh, blessing your dad there. So, uh, but I say that, so go ahead and be free to text. If you had anybody wants to, just be free. So, but uh, this is what I realize, and this is what I've grown to realize here, is that there are many people that have grown up without the Father's blessing. There are many people that have never heard their dad say, I love you, or really affirm them. And so and there can be many adults, men, women, they're out there killing it. They're doing well. They have a good family. But they're fighting against this. Watch. They're fighting against this, this voice that said, you're never going to make it. And so it can affect them, and they kind of are off kilter a little bit, trying to fight against that because he didn't have the blessing there, and trying to prove their dad wrong. Have you ever done that, try to prove your dad wrong? Like you so want his blessing that you just want to, if he doesn't bless you, you want to prove him wrong. So when I was, uh, when I was in high school, I took a class. And uh, for some reason, my dad didn't think I, would, I could handle the class. And he said this to me. He said, he said Rod, what are you going to do if you, if you don't do well? He said, Rod, what are you going to do if you, if you fail? What are you going to do? And I, I was so offended that my, I was just, I was livid. I was so offended that my dad would say, what are you going to do if you fail? And so it's like, on that moment right there, I said this. I said, I'm going to prove this sucker wrong. So I'm going to prove him wrong right there. And so I just went into a zone. I just was a wild man. And, uh, and so I had to get that A to show my dad he was wrong. And don't ever doubt me again, Dad. Don't ever doubt me again. So the whole summer, to having fun, man, I'm just in the zone working because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow up this biology class. And I'm going to show my dad he was wrong. But maybe you know what I'm talking about, that there was a time where your dad doubted you or whatever. And it really affects you. It really affected me. And so... Sometimes people can live in that space because they never heard this. They never heard dad say, I know you can do an amazing job. I know you're going to win. I know you're going to be successful there. And so you need to know that I believe in you. And when the blessing is absent, when the approval is absent and affection is absent, when participation is absent because of death or disinterest or disease or divorce or dysfunction, uh, when you hear those words like, yeah, you're not, you're not going to pass the test or you're not you're going to amount to anything, you're never going to be anything significant, what, what the research shows and what the Bible uh, shows here is that and there ends up being this gap, this big gap in your life there. And so when you can try to overcome the gap, so we're going to talk about how the scriptures speak into this. There's a blessing gap there. And so then people either try to fake it or they face it. And if you don't face it and you try to fake it, you, you can never really be in a healthy place in your heart there, always trying to fake the, the lack of, of a father's blessing there. And so we try to bury it in a thousand ways, but it just keeps coming to expression there when we don't have a father's blessing.
And so when we say, and we can be reactionary about that. Or we can say things like, you know what? I don't even care what my father thinks there. I don't give a rip about my dad's opinion. I don't even need my dad. I don't want to be like my dad here. The last thing I ever want to do is like be like my, my father there. And I'll never treat, you know, my kids the way my dad treated me. And, all and you didn't have a father's blessing. Or we can spend our lifetime reacting against that there. I could give a rip if I ever see his face again. And so, uh, and so people say, you know what? I, and it doesn't even bother me. Well, well, why do you keep telling me like again and again and again? And so do you think that, I want to ask you a question. Do you think that faking it and stuffing it, when you lack the Father's blessing, do you think that that is going to get you to the place that God wants you to be in your life? Do you think that? Stuff, fake, it's never going to get you to the place that God wants you to be because he wants you to be transformed from what you are to who you could be living under the shadow of the Heavenly Father's blessing in your life there. Knowing deep down in the fiber of your being that you are a loved son and you are a loved daughter of a perfect, flawless Heavenly Father there. And when you can live out of that identity... I'm telling you, it changes everything. And so, but when we live in the gap, when we live in the gap there, the gap of missing the Father's blessing, leading psychologist, arguably, in the world, Jordan Peterson there, tells us this. Probably the most influential uh, psychologist, uh, among millennials anyways, uh, in the world here. He says this, Jordan Peterson says, look, if you pretend, if you pretend there uh, that... uh, you're, you, this hasn't affected you. You will live with uncertainty. You will live with a lack of confidence. You will live with a, with a lack of self-worth. You'll live with, a, with aimlessness and purposelessness. You will live with, with increased levels of anger there, with more relational conflict, with more emotional instability, all getting back to the lack of a father's blessing here. If you never heard the words, hey, Rado, I love you, you know, uh, I'm here for you, I believe in you, I'm proud of you, uh, I see such incredible potential in you, I know that you're going to soar in your, in your life here, I couldn't be happier that you're my daughter, I couldn't be happier that you're my, my son, I just want to applaud and cheer you on, because th- the things you're doing are great there, and you're, being, you're becoming who God created you to be, and without recognizing that gap there, it will affect you. There is the, you know, they call it the father wound or emotional wound, whatever they want to have called it historically, but there is a gap there. So let me show you right now in America. Did you know in America that we lead the world? We are the world leaders in single parent homes. On the whole planet, we lead the world. And so, uh, and in three homes, one of them, there's no father present. That's the latest statistics. If three homes, one of them, no father is present for whatever reasons there. And then the other two that they are present, you know that that's not, that's not perfect there. And so here we sit on Father's Day. And I just wanted to bring this up here that we've been called the fatherless generation. And maybe it's so, but God, what we're going to see is God's got us covered. And God had a plan from the beginning. And I want to show you the plan that God thought through it before, you know, thousands of years ago before this ever happened here. And so God had fatherhood 
on his radar thousands of years ago. And I want to show you that in Malachi, just a moment here, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. And so what happens here is that when the Old Testament is going to end and there's a 400-year space between Malachi there and, uh, and the Gospels, Jesus coming to the planet. And so the whole Old Testament story is told there before we get to Malachi. The story is told of creation there. The story is told of how God begins a human story and how we messed it up and how God intervened there and God gathered a people to himself and God had a promised land and God promised that a Messiah would come there and so that there would be a Messiah who was going to change everything. And then you have the end of the Old Testament. But how does it end? That's what I want us to see. Watch how the Old Testament, all the things, all the options to end, God ends on fathers. It's just amazing. Watch. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah for the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So Malachi, like every prophet here, he said, look, there's a day coming. There is a day coming. It just doesn't, it's just not a free fall for all. There's a day coming that we don't get to choose here. And Jesus will judge. He is the final judge here. But in that context, the context of God calling us to relationship to him, in that context, there is potentially something that is going to would change every father's life for all time here. Verse 6. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. So God has this vision at the conclusion of the Old Testament, and we're going to see the beginning of the New Testament. God has a vision to heal and to make whole fathers and those that live in the, with the gap of a father's blessing here. So Malachi is saying that before the coming day of the Lord there, people are going to come back to the Lord. So watch, watch. The relationship, people are going to come back to the Lord. The relationship with people is going to be restored. There is a Messiah coming. He will point people to God the Father. And in that context of being reconnected with the Heavenly Father, relationships then, fathers with sons and daughters would be restored. It's awesome here. And so restoring our earthly father's relationship with us would accompany that. And then you look there, we're going to look in in, uh, the Gospel of Luke here, verse 17. And says uh, that John the Baptist, who would come in the spirit of Elijah, in other words, just the power and the fired up, uh, life transformative, supernatural uh, power and spirit of God. On it says this, Luke chapter one, verse seventeen, John the Baptist, he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah, and he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Okay, so there it is. This is what's talking of in the Old Testament. Now John the Baptist is preparing the way of the Lord, and watch what happens. What's going to happen? What's it say? He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? In the middle of of America here, where we are the fatherless nations, look, when God comes, he's going to restore. There is the potential there to restore fathers. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and will cause uh, the rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. So there is the possibility now through the gospel of restoring relationships between earthly fathers and their children, who earthly fathers have had their relationship restored with their heavenly father. So the possibility then is for you. 
And the possibility is for me. That relationship could be restored beyond anything we could think of there. The relationship could be restored. All the collateral damage of the gap there can be restored there. And so there's a potential to live under the blessing of a perfect heavenly father. Maybe you didn't have the earthly father, but you can live under the perfect heavenly father where you feel approved and you feel accepted and you feel cared for and you feel loved and, and, and you sense his belief in you and that God is for me. So Psalm 27 puts it this way. It's a great promise just to keep expanding on this idea here and puts, watch, watch, this is what it does. Whatever your story is, Psalm 27 puts your story in the context of a worst case scenario. The very worst thing that could happen to you, watch what God will do here. Psalm 2710. You can look at the screens. Even if my father and mother, what, abandon or forsake me, the Lord will hold me close. You can build your life on that. It says, look, I don't, maybe your earthly story is this. I feel like my earthly story is the word abandoned written over my life. Emotionally, distance, your, 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 your father wasn't there. That may be your story there. Maybe because of his dysfunction or addiction or, or his disinterest. You feel you were abandoned. And many of you, that is your story this morning here. Watch what the Bible says. Even if that happened... My father and my mother abandoned me. Look, God is a God who, who never abandons you. The Lord will, will hold me close here. Because see, you're saying there's someone else in the equation. That's not the end of your story is, is what he's saying here. And so I can walk in the, in the blessing of a perfect heavenly father and know that it's possible because, because of the power of the gospel, this is possible here. And you say, well, what, what does the power of the gospel have to do with this whole dynamic here. Let me show you what the power of the gospel has to do with this here. Matthew chapter 27, verse 45. It says this, when Jesus was about to be crucified, it says here, here is the narrative. At noon, darkness fell across the whole earth there until three o'clock. Watch what happened. It's so horrific here. That the creation did, the creation is, is actually here shrouded around the cross here because it is so horrific what is going to happen that creation reacts by, by darkness there. And there may be a parallel with your life here because some of you, you've walked through life. Maybe you're walking through life right now and there is darkness that is encroaching upon your life. And you can relate to this here, that there is maybe a dark cloud over your life. Maybe it's connected between you and your circumstances. Maybe between you and your heavenly father there. Maybe between you and your earthly father. But watch what it says in verse 46. In about three o'clock, Jesus called out loud with a loud voice in the Hebrew. said, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, which translates into English. It means, my God, my God. Like, why? That's the question that we're answering right now. There, there's one question to answer. Why have you abandoned me? See, I'm making the argument that God will, if you trust him, you trust Jesus, God will never abandon you there. So before Jesus said that it is finished, these are the words that he uttered before he died. Now think about this. 
This is Jesus who had unbroken relationship and fellowship and intimacy with the Father since the beginning of time. And now something happens where he is separated from his Father. Even though from eternity past and for 33 years on earth, he's never known what he's going to now experience. And he realizes that part of getting, uh, standing in our place for our sins for the cross is that he would be separated from God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, which means to be separated. So Jesus then, when he took upon himself our sin, he would literally be uh, spiritually separated from God. And so he's like saying this. I don't think we can really get our minds around um, the immensity of what happened here. Because Jesus is saying this. My father is walking out on me. It's like this in the hour. Uh, to be forsaken means this. Forsaken means to be left behind, specifically at the most vulnerable point of your life. That's what forsaken means. Your most vulnerable moment, and God walks on the sun. In the moment where Jesus was saying, I need you. The moment where you would say, I need you, man. I need you to be here. I need you to show up. I needed you. In that moment, God walked on the sun. And Jesus says, why would you forsake me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because see, there was, he was forsaken because of the gap. Because of the gap there that was created by sinfulness and holiness. He says, God, why are you doing this to me? So Jesus became sin on our behalf here. And he wasn't like temporary, fill-in sin. He became sin. And so holiness and sinfulness were separated there. And Jesus bore the penalty on the cross. And so this is why God forsook Jesus that you would never have to be forsaken. So you can know that, that because he was forsaken on the cross, God will never forsake those who put their trust in him. So you can say, well, how, how do I know God will never forsake me? God would say, well, I forsook my son. Like, I have proved I would never forsake you there. And so maybe you've had seasons of your life where you think like, well, I don't know, like, where, where was God in that season of my life? I didn't feel like he was there. I felt like he was, he was out there. And I know God, where was he at in that situation or that circumstance? That was traumatic and difficult. And then in in uh, reflection there, you get a different perspective in a different season. You realize like, well, God really was there. I just didn't see it. And so God was with me all the time. And it was actually God that helped me through that season. And so in your notes there, I have some takeaways. I want to give you some takeaways that I think are true of, of what we've talked about today. Takeaway number one is this. Takeaway number one is this. Is it the gospel story, the story of Jesus, we, I, think it, I think we do a great disservice sometimes in church world where we think that the gospel story is just to get you to heaven. Like, yeah, like, amen. The gospel story that we unpack today, it's to get you to a heavenly father. A, heavenly, a perfect, flawless, heavenly father that regardless of your earthly father, he can make up for all of the gap all of the brokenness, all of the pain, all the, that experience. The heavenly father makes up for that. And so the gospel is not just to get you to heaven. It's to get you to the heavenly father there. And so, see, we have in our story, 
You have a cross in your story there. And that cross here is to get you to heaven, but it's also to get you to the heavenly father. And so some of us in our, our painful earthly relationships, the reality is this. The reality is, for many of them, they're never going to get fixed. They are not going to get fixed. Your, your dad, whatever his the story is, it's probably going to be that way for the rest of his life. And so what do you do with that? How do you, how do you come to terms with that? Well, he may never change. But the reality is, is God can change you. God can change you even though he may never change. And God can change you and your feelings toward him. The second takeaway is, is even if the relationship with your, your earthly father cannot change, God can change you. God can change you. And God can give you uh, what you never had. God can give you so, the blessing that you never had. Even so much as it, you want to bless your own father. I experienced that when my father died four years ago, and I got to spend the last six, uh, about six months of his life with him because he's in the hospital there pretty much all of that time. And so my routine was pretty much leave in the afternoon, early evening, go see my dad and come back later on at night, at least a few times a week. So I spent so much time with my dad. And so but while I was with my dad, I just had, a, I just had this emerging desire that I wanted to give my father a father's blessing. So I would do things like I would sing over him. And I, and I rubbed his feet every day. I rubbed his feet every day. Oh, oh Rado, Rado, that feels so good. That's so good. I said, Dad, you want me to, want me to do more? You want me to rub your head? Dad, let me Oh, Rado, Rado, that's, oh. I'd rub his head. And I would say, Dad, Dad, you're the best dad. Dad, I want to bless you. Just me and, me and my dad, most of the time. Dad, I just want to bless you. Dad, I just need you to, I need you to know I'm so glad that I got to be your son. Dad, thank you for supporting me. I care about you. I love you, Dad. And so God just gave me a, a desire. I just wanted to bless my dad. I wasn't born with that. I didn't really have that just in me, but I wanted to bless him. So God may not change everything about your earthly father, but God can change you. God is in the gap with you today. You realize that? Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Where the gap abounds, God does much more abound in the midst of the gap. The third takeaway is that we're invited to embrace God. You're invited to take a step today. If you, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you're invited to embrace God as a perfect heavenly father, regardless of your relationship with your earthly father. Because here's what I know, that we react and we project and, and we think that the heavenly father, the earthly father is dysfunctional. Does that mean the heavenly father is dysfunctional? You know, is, it, is the heavenly father like my earthly father here? He's not a reflection. God is not a reflection of your earthly father. God in no way is not just, not just an expanded, enlarged, bigger version of your earthly father. He is altogether different and altogether lovely, altogether God, altogether flawless and perfect. And he invites you into relationship with him. So in the middle of whatever, 
In the middle of whatever, the middle of whatever your story, God wants to invite you into his story here. God wants you to know today that you are chosen. The Heavenly Father, you know, you are chosen, you are loved, you are cared for, you are seen by him, you are prized, you are treasured, you are loved, you are sought after, you are searched after, you are paid for, and you have been bought. Okay, you are a loved son, and you're a loved daughter. And that, that is God's heart for Father's Day. Takeaway number four is this. Maybe you've lived under the, the shadow of, of trying to prove God wrong or trying to prove, I mean, your, your earthly father wrong there. But here's what I think we need to know. When you start seeing God as your perfect heavenly father, it changes everything. It changes everything. No longer, because you know you're accepted before God. If you're accepted before God, it's like, what, what difference does it make really other than that? God accepts me. I'm his chosen daughter. I'm his loved daughter. I'm his loved son there. When you get that and it's real for you, you begin to walk, you begin to walk in acceptance and not just trying to be accepted by everybody because you've been accepted by your heavenly father here. And last takeaway, which I've alluded to, is this. Is it you are the loved son, the loved daughter of the Heavenly Father? So that is my Father's Day message for you. Would you stand to your feet and we're going to pray. Father, thank you that there is no one like you. No one that searches after us like you. No one that loves us like you. It's awesome. Father, I pray that there would be some of us here today that we would start the journey. We would start walking toward you. Father, I pray for those that would say, I want to be right with a, a perfect heavenly father. I want to know him. If that's you right where you're at, you just, just say, Jesus I want to know you as my heavenly father. Fill the gap. God, come. Do what only you can do. And go where only you can go. Touch me with your power. Heal me. Restore me. Renew me. And make my heart alive unto you. I take you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.